Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim and Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. It's rainy and cold down here. You'd think I'd live in it where you live, Hillary. Right. We've got sun right now, so maybe we switched weather temporarily. We'll give it back. I don't like rain. <laughs> I don't like I'd be willing water. to put money by the end of this podcast that it will be raining here. So well, good. Use your <laughs> powers. Give me back my son. I'm solar, I'm solar powered before it was a the end thing to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this morning I wanted to talk because it's wintertime, it's cold, rainy. Uh, we're comp- you know, I'm complaining. I'm in Southern California, but other places are covered in snow and freezing. Um so I thought I'd talk about bacteria and cold weather and your, you know, people are getting shipments of products and bacteria and things like that. What do you think? So um, as generally is the case with, with aquarium bacteria, there are two things, two general things to know, and that's that the nitrifying bacteria handle cold and freezing completely different than the heterotrophic nitrifying bacteria. And just to jog everyone's memory, the nitrifying bacteria are the ammonia and nitrite oxidizing bacteria. And the heterotrophic bacteria are the sludge degraders, the phosphate, I'll call them phosphate removers, nitrate removers, your products like our waste away and refresh and equal balance and clear up our heterotrophic bacteria while the one and only nitrifying bacteria right in the name are the nitrifiers. And not to bury the lead, if your nitrifying bacteria freeze solid, not slushy, not a not a slurpy from you know 7-Eleven, but freeze rock solid, then the chances are pretty good that your bacteria are dead. And that is because during the freezing process, ice crystals are formed and the ice crystals are like daggers or spears and they puncture the cell walls. And and once the cell wall is punctured, that's the kiss of death to the bacteria. So if you're ordering, we you know we have it up on our website, um, winter winter um, weather warning. So if, if you're ordering our back nitrifying bacteria, and you live in an area where it can freeze solid during shipping, or the bacteria can freeze solid, um, you need to take precautions. Um, generally. The bigger, the biggest issue during the transportation phase is when it gets to your house, and if you've got a mailbox or something in, it's sitting outside, because during transportation in in the trucks or in the warehouses, most warehouses aren't kept below freezing because there's people in there, and even the trucks aren't generally kept outside. Yes, there's always exceptions to this. I know that, but I'm talking in generalizations. But generally, the delivery trucks aren't kept outside because at night they've got to be, you know, filled up with the packages, and there's people working there, and then um, they don't want them outside being buried in snow and 
getting cold and, and, and can't start in the morning and stuff like that. So what we've generally have found is that the freezing occurs at the last stage when it's left on your porch, when it's left in your mailbox. So if possible, and if your place of employment allows it, you might consider having your order shipped to your place of employment. That way it doesn't sit outside in your mailbox or on your, you know, porch or something like that and freeze solid. That's a good call. Yeah, we, we it's, it's some companies, you know, don't allow their employees to do that, but many do. So just, just consider that. Or if your company doesn't, what you can do is a hold at station. We ship the vast majority of our packages with FedEx and you can have it shipped and held at your local FedEx which again, people are working in there. So it's not freezing. Um, and it means a trip, you know, that you're going to have to take a trip down there and pick it up. But, you know, you've invested your hard-earned dollars into the bacteria and you want it to work. So you might consider that. Um, then we have some people you know, that know it's going to be, you know, freezing cold and they just ask us to delay the shipment, but we can't, check the weather at every place and be responsible for that. It just is, is not feasible. We just don't have the manpower and the time. So have to now, have I got it. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. I was going to say this, what he's talking about just applies if you order directly from us. If you order from somebody else, it might be a little bit different and you should probably also continue to take precautions. Yes, I'm talking about ordering just from us. We don't, we can't control what everyone, what one else does. But, um, you know, if you're ordering fish, fish can't be frozen, um, and uh, livestock and things like that. So, just, just we, we always say treat the bacteria like they're fish. So. Now let's stay with the well as contrasting. So so what why am I talking about just the nitrifiers? And that is because nitrifiers are not spore formers. Heterotrophic bacteria, when they're stressed, can actually sporulate, which is which basically they they put a cocoon around themselves. Or, you know, some yeah, basically a cocoon or a spore. You know, they put their shields up and 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 a thing to protect them, and that prevents these ice crystals from penetrating the cell wall. And that happens when they're stressed, whether it's heat or cold. Nitrifying bacteria do not have that ability. Nitrifying bacteria can be successfully frozen. And, and if you are doing any type of re research and looking for pure strains and you order them from the cell culture houses, they'll arrive frozen. But they are also 
uh, what, well, what happens is a cryopreservative is added to the solution that helps prevent the uh, ice crystals and, and preserves the cell. But that solution, that additive is quite expensive and it's an organic and you need a lot of it. And if when you put that, if you were to put that in your aquarium water, that organic would feed other you know, heterotrophic bacteria causes the water to go to bloom and get cloudy and people get all upset. So nitrifiers can be frozen and shipped frozen. Don't let's make sure that nobody's saying that I said that can't be done. It's just we don't do it because it adds a lot of expense to the product and it makes things a little messy on your end because there's no way to separate that out. You've got to pour that into your aquarium and it causes some blooms. So uh, in extreme cases, you know, you every winter we have these periods where there's just those terrible ice storms and the, what do they call it? And, Northeaster or something, Hiller. It's it's where basically yeah. everything is frozen. The trees are snapping, the lines are down. It's miserable, unhuman weather. We just won't ship. You know, if if, if it's super super bad, then um, we're not going to ship. I suspect if you ordered anything in like the last two weeks, you probably experienced some of this. And now we do offer a cold or warm weather shipping package. Not that I'm doing, I want to do a big commercial, but it's just how to you know, protect your investment. That's an add-on. And so that's the heat pack and an insulated um, bag that is added and the bacteria are put in there. And again, because we, we get people confused because it's an extra charge, you know, about, 10 or 11 dollars and people want to use that for like the first defense for the you know everything it only needs to be purchased and used for the one and only live nitrifying bacteria if your waste away or your refresh arrives frozen solid that's fine the bacteria have been stressed they sporulate and so they're going to survive the the freezing perfectly fine. Okay, so we know uh, nitrifiers, you've got to take some precaution, ship them to your office, ship them to a local FedEx, purchase the cold weather shipping kit, different things like that. You get the bacteria and it's not frozen, but it's cold. That's fine. You get the bacteria and it's not frozen, but it's kind of slushy. That's fine. It's frozen solid is the area, is the problem. If the bacteria are cold or the water's got a little bit of slush to it, do not run it under hot water. Don't put it in a pan of hot water. Just put the bottle out at room temperature. Let the solution naturally thaw and come up to room temperature before you use it. Don't dump or pour the solution, the bacteria solution into your aquarium 
because that's a big temperature change. You're taking it from, you know, between say, 35 and 40 degrees, and most aquariums are going to be in that 75 degree. So that's a huge temperature change. So just let the the bottle and the contents naturally uh, warm up at room temperature, and that may take, you know, several hours or or overnight. But again, patience is the key here for everything in the aquarium uh, hobby. Like I said, do not run it under hot water. Don't put it in a pot of freshly boiled water. So this is also what you should do if you um, keep it in refrigerator, because we do say on the on the packaging for the one and only night live nitrifying bacteria for longest shelf life, keep refrigerated, but not frozen. And again, if your bacteria is in the refrigerator, you should let it come up to room temperature before you add it to your aquarium. And then talking about, with the nitrifiers, where you should pour, or, you know, you've, you've got the solution, you've warmed it up to room temperature, always shake well, and then you can pour it anywhere into your aquarium but make sure that your water is circulating and your filter is running. Uh, we get a lot of emails where people what about have turned, the skimmer? skimmer should be off. UV should be off. Ozone should be off. And that's, that's written on the label too, because everybody reads the directions on the back of the bottle. Let's go back to the, you know, for shipping and freezing. How, how are you going to know the bacteria are going to work? Is there going to be a delay? If, if your bacteria have arrived and they are really cold or they're slushy, or say they're even frozen, I mean, there's, there's a chance. There's always a chance. So you warm them up by leaving them at room temperature, pour into your aquarium. And then in this case, I would start with less, a little less ammonia because the bacteria are going to take a little longer to become active because they've been at this cold temperature. You know, as I mentioned, we say keep them in the refrigerator if you're going to not use them for, say, four, five, six, seven months because it kind of suspends the time that they're viable. It, 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 if, as long as they're in the refrigerator, time kind of stops for the bacteria. They're not using very much energy, and so they can they can work longer. They don't die. This whole thing about bacteria starving to death. They're not starving to death. They're not suffocating. None of that stuff. They have an energy center and the energy center is drastically slowed down at these colder temperatures. So the trade-off would be that if they have been exposed to very cold temperatures, been in the refrigerator, been shipped and it's been extremely cold, it may take a little longer for the bacteria to work. That's okay. You're being patient. Just reduce the amount of ammonia instead of four drops per gallon and say use two and expect that things are going to take an extra day or two. You know, we get this a lot where, where people add the bacteria and the ammonia in the morning and then they measure two or three hours later or in the afternoon, and they're like, well, nothing's happened. Bacteria don't work that fast. I mean, they could if you added a lot of bacteria, 
but we're not trying to cycle the the tank in eight hours. And you could if you wanted to buy a bunch, but generally we're talking about measure 24 to 48 hours. Bacteria take some time to start working. Once they kick in, they'll work quite fast. So again, you do not have to add four drops per gallon. That's for a pretty good size bile load. If you're only going to have a few fish, you can reduce the amount of ammonia you're adding. But you need to be, as I said, patient. And as always, the nitrite oxidizing bacteria seem to be affected by the cold more than the ammonia oxidizing bacteria. So you've got to be measuring both ammonia and nitrite because the ammonia will disappear faster but that doesn't mean the nitrite is disappearing. The, the nitrite might start building up, and you want to keep the nitrite below 5. So you've got to be measuring it because you're adding ammonia, and if either ammonia or nitrite or are at or near or above 5, don't add any more ammonia. Bacteria are not going to starve to death. They don't have to be fed. Every day. Also, I just thought of so say you're, you're setting up this tank in the wintertime, you've got the bacteria in, but you're the whoever you're getting your fish or your corals from is like, I'm not shipping your, you anything right now. It's too cold. We don't want to take a chance. That's fine. If your tank is cycled and your livestock's not going to arrive for a little bit of time, just continue to add a few ammonia drops every couple of days, say, you know, two, three per, per gallon or just, you know, one or two. Just add a little bit of ammonia every other day while you're waiting for your livestock to arrive. And I always recommend doing a water change before your livestock arrives because the water change will reduce the nitrate in the water and will increase the alkalinity and kind of just freshen up the water a little bit. But if you're going to do a water change, make sure you're taking the water from the water column. Don't disturb your substrate because that's where the bacteria are. Don't change your filter pad. Just change some of the water and replenish the alkalinity in the system. Now, with the heterotrophs, say you've you've ordered waste away, refresh, clear up. As I mentioned, they are spore formers. So if the there's no reason to spend the extra money for the cold weather pack, if they arrive frozen, they'll be absolutely fine. The bacteria are actually freeze-dried. Once we harvest them out of the reactors and concentrate them with a, with a centrifuge, they're laid out in these shallow trays, and we actually freeze-dry them so that they're, they're a powder. And that just makes them easier to handle, and they last longer. Once they're in their freeze-dried powder stage, They'll last years and years and years that way. But we don't want people handling pure bacteria powder. So you've got to be careful with that. That's why we then reconstitute them in the water and then ship them um, in water to you. Okay, so they arrive frozen. 
You're going to leave them out at a room temperature, let them thaw, and they'll be fine. You can then pour them into your aquarium as directed as needed for their concentration, and they'll work perfectly well. It's completely different physiology between the nitrifying bacteria and the heterotrophic bacteria. We don't recommend you refrigerate the heterotrophs or the waste away, the refresh, the ecobalance. There's no reason to refrigerate those because they're already uh, in spore form. So refrigerating them is just going to slow them down even more. Um, so there's no reason to do that. I know we're talking about winter and cold weather, but did you want to touch on warm weather issues? Like if it gets too hot outside? Sure. Again, if it gets too hot, this, the sporulators will sporulate, but it's got to get really warm for that. And then the nitrifiers, yeah, people used to think, well, if it gets over like 100 degrees Fahrenheit, it kills the bacteria, but that's not true. Um, the nitrifying bacteria, and this is where the nitrite guys uh, have more resilience than the, the ammonia oxidizing ones, uh, they prefer warm temperatures. Uh, you know, the first isolated ones were at like 137 degrees Fahrenheit. They were isolated from a heating pipe, um, you know, a heating system. So they love moist, you know, really hot temperatures. Um, they don't like being dried out, that's for sure. But uh, dur during the summer, it's the same thing. You can order insulated pack and you don't want them sitting out in your mailbox baking if possible. Just try to ship them to an address where they can be inside and, and they'll be fine. The night, the heterotrophic bacteria, they're pretty tough. So you don't have to worry about um, them in heat, but with the, with the freezing, the key is, uh, we've because we had to be well, I ran them under hot water. That's you don't want to do that, just let them naturally thaw. One thing is, if you get our gels, the coldest that we can replicate in our lab here is minus 60 degrees Celsius. Minus 60 degrees Celsius is minus 76 degrees Fahrenheit. The gels don't freeze. So you don't have to worry if, if you're getting the gels, um, the cold weather won't, won't freeze them. Now I've been talking about bacteria. What about liquids? Are you, are you getting liquids in other, you know, products from us or, you know, other manufacturers? Generally, most liquids can tolerate being frozen. But if you're not sure, what you could do is, again, let it let the solution thaw at room temperature and then shake and pour some into a glass and co cover the top and see if, if it's cloudy. If there's some, this is what could happen. It, there's a possibility, depending upon what uh, the chemicals were in the solution, that the extreme weather can cause things to precipitate out. Now, if you just pour a little off the top and the precipitate 
has sunk, you're not going to know that. So shake it up and then pour into a vial, something that you can see through the side, you know, glass, clear, plastic, something. And if you get a lot of cloudiness or precipitate and then it, you know, falls to the bottom, that is probably, that's a good sign that something happened during the, you know, the process of shipping and, and your solution froze. And then you would have to call that manufacturer and see what they recommend. I know uh, generally there, there's a few different solutions that if they freeze solid, they're going to precipitate some of the chemicals out. And so you want to be careful of that. Um, then, so we, well, obviously depending on food, uh, flake food and uh, pellet food and stuff like that. It doesn't matter. I think if it freezes, um, what are other things that people would ship during the winter time, Hillary? We've covered bacteria. We've covered liquids. There's food. Obviously, uh, the livestock people aren't going to ship, or we hope they don't ship during the, you know, fish or corals or anything like that during the extreme cold. What about zooplankton's and algae and stuff like that? Depending on the species, like freezing, it can rupture the cell membranes that it's not. Right, because the ice crystals, it's the same thing. The ice crystals are puncturing the cell. I, I, I'd be careful, but I'm sure the um, rotifer companies kind of have the same warnings that we do to be, care to be careful or ship someplace where it's not going to be uh, uh, frozen solid for long periods of time. I've got something for winter weather that you need to be cautious of when it comes to aquariums is when it gets cold, your lines, pumps, whatever, anything that you might have that could be near that cold can break and explode and have all sorts of issues. So if you are like me and you keep your ROGI unit in an outside insulated closet, just double check and push that back away from the door. Make sure the insulation is still there. If you, and this doesn't just apply to fish tanks, but if you have um, like plumbing for wells and stuff like that, make sure that your insulation is in place because those will also rupture. Speaking from experience there, Hillary? You know, back to back days. First day it was the well pipes that ruptured and there was water everywhere. The day after it was my RODI unit. Both I thought had good insulation, but I did not double check. So, Is it that cold? It was. I mean, I guess they don't get that cold up in the Pacific Northwest where I'm at, like 30s, 40s. Yeah. But it got down to like 13. So I think it was that cold snap that did yeah. it all in. And the first you know is when there's water on the floor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Well, we've talked about um, the bacteria. Uh, as I said, if if you're in doubt, there's no harm trying especially with the nitrifiers, they, they may have survived. Um, it, and so you, you can try them. Um, if, if it doesn't start nitrifying in a few days, then chances are that the bacteria um, didn't make it through the shipping process. Um, and it's all, it's always best to, 
caution on the or err on the side of caution. Um, but it doesn't hurt to try. Yep. Or you could always go and support your local fish store and have them order something and then pick it up from there. That way you don't risk anything sitting out in the cold. Yep, definitely. Yep. And, uh, and if you need help finding a fish store that carries our products, we do have a store locator on our website. Um, you can go look for that. Or if you're having trouble finding it, send me a message. I will happily send you a direct link for that. Yes. And we're updating that getting that list um, all modern. I know we've added a really nice store up in your area. So oh, yes. we, we definitely support um, uh, your local fish store and livestock distributor. A few uh, other hints on winterizing. So you're, you know, we talk about, um, I think we did a podcast on getting ready for uh hurricane weather and power outages and stuff like that. I guess it is good if you're in those types of areas to really um, look at your system, your water flow, hoses and things like that. What could possibly freeze? What can you do? Can you add some insulation? How can you kind of uh, winterize your uh, whole fish and water system to prevent headaches uh, later on, because they only occur at the worst possible time. But nowadays, with all the different alarms and the apps and things like that, at least you can get the alarm so you can work to prevent it rather than just going in or waking up to these tragedies. So true. Now, if you have any questions or um, maybe even some horror stories to share that we can all learn, you can always uh, contact us, add to this, uh, you know, and and we can share those or and talk about those on another podcast of of what people have done. Because I'm sure we're not thinking of all the crazy incidences um, and things that can happen. So, oh no, you know, we're I not going to make another one. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to make. We, even though you know, what else can you do but laugh? We're not trying to make fun of anyone it's just um if we can all share then we can learn and prevent mishaps exactly i think some of my biggest mistakes were my biggest learning experiences and i know i'm like nope not gonna make that mistake again like i learned the hard way i know some people um because they have ponds and you know my three ponds well they've never even seen ice <laughs> but but there are uh -huh. people who, you know, have the, the dewinterized, the, you know, they keep a hole in the pond. I don't even know what they're called. That's how ignorant I am about these things, but they keep a hole in the ice so that it doesn't freeze. But, but people's ponds, you see them on YouTube where the cat is on top of the ice, trying to get to the koi that are swimming down below. Um, uh, so if you have a deep enough pond, it, it, it may not freeze solid and the fish can live or I know people, we get this, they bring their koi in to the basement for the wintertime. Um, and that brings up a point. If, if your biofilter has been sitting outside and it's frozen solid for the winter, chances are that, that those bacteria are not going to survive 
and so you'd have to restart your biofilter in the in the spring as things thaw out. And you want to start, but the water's super cold, and the nitrifiers are going to take longer to start working in that colder water. So you're just going to have to, you know, be patient to get them restarted. I feel like every podcast we have this theme of like, you need to be patient when taking care of aquariums. Yeah. It's kind of a, goes with the territory, doesn't it? What what else can you say? Please comment and uh, share your experiences with shipping and receiving in cold uh, roofing or, you know, is it cold proofing? Would it be or proofing your system against the cold or the freezing? Yeah, like winterizing. Uh, winterizing your system. Um, and as we come into winter and there's going to be ice storms, now's a good time to check your battery backups. Um, if you have, I mean, even here, we don't get you know, winter problems, but we get wind storms. And if the windstorms can then cause wildfires. So nowadays, the power company, if they just think there might possibly be wind, they just shut the electricity down. So we have a backup generator. We have a portable battery-operated aerators. We have uh, for the alarm system on a on a you know backup unit. Uh, and then the phone system is on a backup unit. And uh, then we keep things clean, you know, cleaner than normal, siphoning out uh, organics and grunge and cleaning the filter pads more often and things like that. To uh, uh, in case the power does go out, you don't get the bacteria consuming all that organic material because there isn't much organic material, removing it before it can become a problem. So think about things you can do to maybe uh, get ahead in case tragedy does strike. You'd be in a better position. I mean, I, I know our box of supplies has a big red sign on it. Do not take. Don't touch this stuff. Smart. Smart. Was that? Yeah, because you said, you know, you get a lot of people and they grab this or they grab that. And then you have a problem and you go in there. It's like, where's the flashlights? They're gone. Where's the batteries? Oh, we use those. Where's the uh, battery backup aerators? Oh, we had those over there. For, it's like, no, that's not how this works. That's not what these things are for. So, and test them. Make sure you have airlines and airstones and things like that. So it's always good to have a little bit precaution ahead of time. I like that. I actually, just yesterday, I was working on an aquarium like deep cleaning checklist. And I feel like I need to add this, like check your emergency equipment, make sure it's all there. I need to add that to that checklist. Yeah. Uh, you know, out here in Southern California, we do have earthquakes. So everyone should have a emergency system and, you know, where you've got food and water and flashlights and bandages and just kind of some stuff. And you have that in the go kit and you got to check it. Um, just, just doesn't take long but you've got to check things and it saves you a lot of headaches that you have everything there. Check that it's working. And so this has been a public service announcement by Dr. Tim and Hillary. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, this has been Dr. Tim and Hillary in another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast.